Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell, from Holness Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible, says. So as we release this podcast uh, for this week, we're firstly great news to announce that for those of you that are listening on HOD Radio Word Network in Nigeria, this is our first uh, first broadcast on the radio station, and it is great to be partnering with HOD Radio Word Network for producing and giving this podcast of the Word Opened. Yeah, as a no. For those of you that are listening on HOD Radio Word Network, yeah, I just want to give you an update as to you know where we are with this podcast because this podcast has been going for a year now, and we have been going verse by verse through the book of Acts. Yeah, the Lord spoke very clearly about doing a podcast that went verse by verse. And said to start with looking at the book of Acts. And so that's what we've been doing for the past year. And we are in Acts 5 at the moment. It's taken us a whole year just to get to Acts 5. But it has been such an eye-opener and such a privilege to just unpack the Lord's Word. And for Wholeness Ministries in itself, Wholeness Ministries is all about seeing people come to Christ been made whole and equipped for ministry yeah it's a ministry that runs out of a council estate in wales the uk a council estate in a city called swansea and the lord called myself and my wife to this council estate to a place where it's in the bottom 10% of deprived areas within the UK. You know, where a large percentage of people don't have a job. A large percentage of the people that literally just stay in their homes or walk around the streets or even sit on the streets. Yeah, a place that is neglected by authorities. Because they see the people as worthless. And yet the Lord had called us here to do ministry. To bring the light into the darkness. And we've been here for three years and it's been such a privilege to walk life with people. To do life with people. And to see the Lord move in people's lives. And so, as I said, you know, as part of the ministry, this podcast has been running for a year as part of the equipping. Whilst we, yeah, we live in Wales, yeah, the ministry that the Lord gave us was yeah, out of Blinder Mice into Swansea and further afield. And we've had the privilege of working with another radio station, BMC Radio, yeah, and we've also had the privilege to come 
to Nigeria to link up with Mission Africa International uh, with Dr. Sayo and to be able to spend some time in Nigeria and see and, and do mission and, and see the Lord move. And we are encouraged now to be partnering with uh, HOD Radio Word Network and to see what the Lord will continue to do. Yeah, we've got many friends now out in Nigeria and we're just, we just love the nation. We love Africa. Yeah, my wife Natasha is South African herself. And it, it, when I went out to, to South Africa five years ago, um, it, my heart just changed it changed massively for the continent of africa and i just love uh, the african people and so it's again just to be partnering with hod radio word network to bring this podcast to nigeria now is such a privilege and is something that is is very very close to my heart so yeah just to to pick up so we're in uh, we're in Acts 5. We've been walking it through verse by verse. And this week, we are going to be picking up from Acts 5, verse 22. If those of you that are um, picking this up for the first time, whether it's via the radio or via podcast, yeah. I would encourage you to to go back and listen to previous episodes because everything we do builds. Everything we do, you know, builds a foundation and builds on to the next. And so, you know, last week, obviously, with it being Christmas, we we looked at uh, a, a special episode regarding Christmas. But before that, we were looking uh, at Acts five verses twenty one. And talking about rescue. Yeah, the rescue of God's rescue. God's rescue plan, but particularly God's rescue with the apostles. And so to put this back into context, which is what we always want to do. We never want to take scripture out of context. We want to keep it in context. I just want us to have a quick highlight of what's happened in Acts 5. So in Acts 5, at the beginning of Acts 5, you know, we, we see this guy, Ananias, and his wife, Sapphira, come to the apostles. Ananias, first of all, comes. They sell possessions, but they keep some stuff back for themselves. And Ananias comes and he lies and he says that, yeah, this is this is it. And he puts it down at the apostles' feet. And when Peter asks yeah, about it and the Holy Spirit then intercedes and, and intervenes in this moment and Ananias drops down dead. Now, and a few hours later, his wife comes to find out what's going on, what's happened. And Peter asks her the question, you know, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. In other words, you know, as much as you've given us, did you sell it for all that money? And she says, yes. And then Peter says, you know, why have you agreed with your husband to test the Holy Spirit? And she then drops down dead. And what's then amazing is that from that moment, you know, there's a fear that then comes upon the church. And we see this fear in Acts 2 and in Acts 3, 
you know, when something happens, when the Holy Spirit moves, there's a fear that comes upon the church and the, the, the body of believers. And it's a healthy fear because it's a fear of, I don't want to you know, do anything that's going to be outside of God's will. I don't want to do anything that is going to you know, jeopardize my walk with God. Yeah, just last week, somebody messaged me and said something that was so profound within this context. And they said that they feared standing before the Lord and hearing the words, I did not know you. That's a healthy fear. That's a fear of the Lord. And we, we did a session on the fear of the Lord before where you we look at churches particularly in the western world where there is a lack of fear of the lord and there shouldn't be yeah in fact fear of the lord should be at the forefront of our walk of our discipleship we don't want to be in a place that we are going against god's will where we are being disobedient and so a fear of the Lord comes upon the church or the ecclesia, you know, following this situation with Ananias and Sapphira. And then the apostles go out and there's signs and wonders happening. You know, again, when there is a fear of the Lord coming in, when something happens, then we see the Holy Spirit move even more and we see signs and wonders and as we see signs and wonders we see then those that are standing on the side of you know, wanting to attack the apostles and then we see an increase an increase to God's family and in Acts 5 verse 14 we see that there is an added number a multitude of both men and women that are added they're added to the number of believers, which increases the ecclesia. But as we've said, you know, there's the other side of it, of those that are looking in and are angry, potentially even fearful of what is going on. And so we see then that the high priest has the apostles arrested. But God has another plan. So the apostles are arrested and then in verse 19 it says, But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. Yeah, and this is where we pick it up from this week. So they've been, the Lord has stepped in, the Lord has intervened and has rescued these apostles. He's rescued them from closed doors. He just like for us, you know, God sent his son Jesus into the world to die upon a cross to rescue you to rescue you from closed doors from chains from bondages he came to rescue 
And in his death and resurrection, we have a rescue plan that sees us released from the bondages, released from the chains of sin, of darkness, to then come into a glorious new life, a life with Jesus that we then tread and walk closely in obedience to him. And we see this obedience happen here because as the angel speaks to the people, the apostles, and says, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life, we then find out that that's exactly what they do. You know, as we've just seen in verse 21, when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. These are are people that have just been arrested here you wouldn't as normal human beings they are fearful they would be fearful of being arrested again but you know what this shows that with the holy spirit you firstly obey the voice of god but secondly it shows that the Holy Spirit gives you the boldness and the confidence to do things that in the natural are just strange. Yeah, and I just think about this, you know, within our own world, within our own places where we are right now, how often do we see a boldness of doing something that in the world appears strange, appears stupid? You know, in the world, it may be, you know, if you do that there's there could be serious consequences and that's exactly what these apostles go and do but the high priest doesn't know what's going on and the high priest calls for the prisoners to be brought to him and so we pick up then in verse 22 what happens next when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely, and the guards standing outside before the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. When we leave the old life behind, the doors are shut from that old life. We shouldn't be looking back and trying to open up the doors again to walk back into the old life. They are shut. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that we that the Holy Spirit seals us. Yeah, you know, when we walk in that walk of obedience, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are then sealed by the Holy Spirit. When we're sealed, the old life is gone. We don't walk back into it. We don't go and pick it up again. Why would you want to pick up the old life when you've just been rescued from it? You've just been delivered from an old life. No matter what that old life looks like, you've been delivered from a life where you didn't know Jesus to where you do know Jesus now. The deliverer, the savior, the healer, the peacemaker. And we can walk that life with him. And so... The old life is shut behind us. And so just as these officers come and they find the prison shut securely, the guard's still standing outside the doors, and then they find no one inside. The proof that God had done a miracle. 
But it's interesting that if we look back to Acts 5 verse 17, here we know that the doors were shut. Sorry, verse 19. At night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. So the angel opens the door, allows them to walk out, and then closes the doors behind. We don't go back in. We don't go back to this old life. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priests heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. They were obedient to what they had been told to do. They were standing in the temple and they were preaching. They were teaching the people in the temple. Yeah, it's not just that they'd gone out, out onto the streets. They actually went back into the temple. The place where they'd already been arrested. And we see this a number of times throughout the book of Acts. Where they go and they teach or they preach. Or they give the gospel in the temple. I've used this analogy before. It's like going into the lion's den. Because the temple is the place of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those that were totally against Jesus, who didn't recognize who Jesus was, who even had him crucified. And yet the apostles have got the boldness of the Holy Spirit to go into that place, to go into their territory and preach the gospel to teach people about who jesus truly is here today how much boldness is there how much boldness is there to go and to preach and to teach in the lion's den yo i wonder for you where your lion's den would be where would your lion's den be today If God said to you to go, would you be obedient? Would you be obedient to go into that lion's den? Remember, this is not of their doing, though. This is the fact that they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They've just been set free from a prison by an angel. Their confidence, their faith must be so high. Because when you know that you know that Jesus is real, when you know that you know that this is the truth, anything that comes means nothing. Because the security of being in Christ is the security of an eternal life. And if you have a security of an eternal life, then you want everyone else to know about it. How secure are you in your eternal salvation? Because the Bible teaches that the word peace is being assured of 
your salvation. The word peace that Jesus uses um, from the Greek is irene. And irene means the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. That's the security. That's the state. That's the security of peace. That's the security of peace that Jesus leaves. If we look at John 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Yeah, that's the peace that Jesus leaves with us. It's a peace where we are assured of our salvation. And so if we're assured of our salvation, it comes back to what I said earlier on, then we should have the boldness to be able to go into the lion's den, to go into that place where we would be naturally fearful within the world but the holy spirit gives us a sense of that peace a sense that we know that we are saved and therefore we're going to walk into it because we know that whatever happens we've got eternal peace we've got eternal salvation where do you sit within this do you have an eternal peace you have an eternal salvation where you will stand. You know, I know some amazing Nigerian people who have stood firm in the times where it, it, their villages have been destroyed. Destroyed by islamic militants and yet they have stand for the truth they have remained in the village and they have not fled and i have the utmost respect the peace within them is their security in christ their security of eternal salvation and so we see these apostles in acts 5 go back to teach the people and so we pick up in verse 24 now when the high priest the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things they wondered what the outcome would be so one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. It's funny how we're seeing, in fact, a, a, a flip over, where the apostles should be the one in the world that actually fear. It's the captain of the temple. It's the officers of the temple who go to bring the apostles back towards the high priest who actually fear the people. 
And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in his name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood on us. We see officials fearing people who walk in the Lord, and they fear the repercussions of that. They see it at a worldly level, just as these people, because they fear the people, lest they be stoned. But they fear. They have a fear of the consequences for them. And so in turn, they actually fear God. Yeah, they see what's happening. They hear about what's happening. They don't want any trouble. And it just reminds us of the passage in Acts 8. In Acts 8 verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord nothing can separate us from God and nothing can overcome God who can be against us if God is for us no one in the world they may come against us and personally I've had experiences of this experiences of authorities coming against me are coming against my family and yet God when you walk in obedience to him when you walk with Christ in Christ he will overcome he will overcome and he does overcome and ultimately you can be assured of an eternal salvation with him and this is exactly the point. We walk in an eternal salvation, an eternal life. The rescue plan of Christ coming down to earth, coming to die upon the cross, coming to bring heaven to earth and to be that ultimate sacrifice to be that lamb of God the sacrifice of God for us so that we can have that eternal relationship 
the one who overcame death. Jesus overcame death, therefore there is nothing else that needs to be overcome. Because he has won the victory. It is finished, he said upon the cross. It is finished. And so again, I just come back to, you know, as we come to finish for this week. You know, where do you stand with all of this? Where is your faith? Is your faith bold enough and strong enough to stand in the lion's den? To stand against those who will put you down, who will persecute you, potentially will stone you, kill you will try and take everything away from you. Where's your faith levels right now? If your faith levels are so low that you couldn't even stand outside your front door and share the gospel with somebody, then I want to encourage you right now, right now, to remember this that we've just looked at in Romans 8. Do you believe that God is bigger than the world? Do you believe that God is the creator of the world? Do you believe that Jesus was given and delivered up for us? Because if you believe in that, then you should believe in the fact that you have an eternal salvation with him and therefore nothing is going to take that away. Nothing is going to take that away. And so what have you got to lose? Ask the Holy Spirit for that boldness. Ask the Holy Spirit for that confidence. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you and to guide you. Because you cannot walk this walk without the Holy Spirit. And that's the point. If you are walking a life where there is still fear, you are still afraid to walk out and to step out, then I would come to the conclusion that you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. And therefore, if there's no Holy Spirit moving in your life, are you truly walking in Christ? I know that sounds bold, but this is the point. To be walking in Christ, we should be manifesting and demonstrating the Holy Spirit in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, should all be manifestations of our walk with Christ. And with them being a manifestation of the walk of Christ and our transformation life, we should be bold enough then to share the gospel. Jesus says that we are to go and 
preach the gospel. To go and preach the good news. To go and make disciples. We should all do that. That means all. It is not for some. It is not for others. It's not for the evangelist to go and preach the gospel. It is for every single person. And so where do you stand with this? Where's your faith levels? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, pray right now that you will invade people's lives. Those that are listening, will you invade their life? Will you totally transform their life? Give boldness, give confidence and courage beyond the human natural. But give them a boldness and a confidence of a supernatural. To share you. When you call upon them to share about the gospel, to share the good news, to share the kingdom of heaven. May Holy Spirit come and give a boldness to do just that. No matter where they are. Lord, I also pray for an encouraging and equipping within each person that is listening to this this week. May they be encouraged and equipped to be able to go out and to share you. To share the good news, to share the kingdom of heaven. Holy Spirit, come and open doors that no man can open. Holy Spirit, come and shut doors that no man may be able to open again. Set free the prisoners in the name of Jesus. Break those chains. Release the shackles. For those to walk out in freedom and release. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's been great to be with you again this week, and I pray that this has been an encouragement for you. It, don't walk in fear of the world. Walk in fear of the Lord. Walk in a way where you know that you are saved. You know that you have that eternal salvation and therefore you can walk in confidence. Until next week, God bless you. Stay safe. Stay protected. And may you know that you are loved. God bless. <laughs>